UFC Fight Pass presents Extra Rounds. Live from the Fight Pass studios in Southern California. Extra Rounds. Extra Rounds. Along with Pearl Gonzalez. Here's your host, TJ DeSantis. Well, it is Extra Rounds from UFC Fight Pass. TJ DeSantis and uh, Pearl Gonzalez looks weird today. Oh, it's not. It's not Pearl Gonzalez. It's Ray Where Longo. Is Pearl? Uh, Where is Pearl today? I think she's already like on the ground in Las Vegas. Uh, ahead of next week, we're going to be out there uh, wow. for the UFC. But uh, yeah, she. I mean, she had her fight, and then she was just you know taking t- like Pearl lives places. Like that's what I say when when Pearl uh, travels. You know, she doesn't just visit. She straight up yeah. you know makes the move, and uh, you know she, she wanted a day off. Who? I mean, like I had a choice, honestly. You know. Yeah. Like, what am I to yeah. do when Pearl says I don't want to work? It's like, okay, have a good day. Sorry. Pearl's the boss. Don't tell her that, though. Like, we can't say that out loud in front of her. That would be a problem. So We'll keep it a secret. Thank you, Ray. Thank you, Ray. I appreciate that. All right, let's take a look at what we're talking about. It is your main event coming up on Saturday night. Rob Font, the number four ranked band of weight in the world, takes on the number five ranked Jose Aldo. And Rob Font has, you know, kind of silently been rising the ranks here, Ray. Like, we look at this Bantamweight division, and obviously you got Aljo the champion. The interim champion is Peter Yan. You know, Sandhagen is always going to be in that mix. Dillashaw is there. But Rob Font has been just coming up the ranks and doing his work, you know, kind of under the radar. He's a winner of uh, four of his last straight uh, fights, and, you know, he— just come off uh, his first UFC main event where he beat Cody Garbrandt. Now he takes on Jose Aldo, who just doesn't go away, Ray. He won't. He's one of the best in the world and, you know, continues to sort of be this fringe contender despite coming up short. The man has only lost seven times in his entire career. It, it feels like a lot more than that because some of his losses have been, you know, lumped together relatively recently. But then he comes out and he fights Cheeto Vera and, and gets a win uh, over Pedro Munoz. And, and then we're, you know, talking about Jose Aldo still being ranked in the top five. So we look at this uh, main event and, you know, I think it's a phenomenal fight for a variety of reasons, but what sticks out, you know, what's the big picture here? What are you looking for on Saturday between Rob Font and Jose Aldo? Well, look, you have, like, look, I love what Rob Font did, right? He does it the right way. He lets his actions speak for, you know, speak for himself. He doesn't have to get out there and make a big hoopla. Uh, he just goes in, he likes fighting and he, and he gets the job done. So, I think he's got momentum on his side, and I think actually Jose Aldo, he's also has momentum, probably for the third time in his career or the second time, whatever. But um, definitely young gun against old gun, and you know there's things that get me with these fights a little bit because I do I do think Rob Font technically is going to be able to do really good. I, I'm going to pick him to actually win the fight. I think. Uh, He's got a great jab, and I, you know, and Aldo's been using his jab too. I think it's going to come down to who can control the center of the octagon with the jab. I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see uh, Jose Aldo even go for a takedown against Font because that's definitely the path the least resistance for him. Uh, but it'll probably be a stand-up fight. With that being said, and uh, I love Font's chances in this fight. Uh, the things TJ that concern me a little bit, like uh, that's why I was starting off saying, is that. I'm sure, you know, Rob Font idolized Jose Aldo coming up the ladders. And, you know, sometimes you get caught like a deer in headlights. It's your idol. You don't want to hurt him. I almost think we saw it with Caitlin Vieira and uh, Misha Tate where after the fight, Caitlin is crying. Like, I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. 
you know, it's crazy, you know, but you know, you have a fight, you, you have a job to do, you have to fight. I know Rob Font's professional, those guys down in Boston, they got a great little club going, they're, they're under the radar, like you say, not totally under the radar, but they do their own thing, they don't, they're not out there. Uh, yeah, they don't have to know. be gimmicky about getting attention. Right, they're not gimmicky, that's yeah. the word, that's kind of the word I'm looking for, and they, 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 they got that blue collar mentality, they're just grinding it away. Doing it the old-fashioned way, right. one fight at a time. I love it. So I'm kind of pulling for Rob Font for that, but I also am a huge Jose Aldo fan. So I think uh, Jose, I think Jose Aldo has been doing good, but I think Font, so like even Munoz, that was a good fight, but he's so small, you know, he's so short, and he doesn't have the range, and he was still able to navigate his way through the fight, Pedro. But Font's going to be a little taller with a with a better use of the jab, and I think that's the difference in the fight to me. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's interesting that you bring up the takedown from Aldo because we've all fallen in love with his ability to strike with people and his, his low kick game when it's on point. It's it's tough to deal with, but he's also a Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt. He's very talented on the yeah. ground, and you know, this still very much is a sport that you want to go the path of least resistance. So for Aldo, it might be taking Font down, but you you also hit another thing, Ray, that I think I'm I'm really curious about when it comes to Rob Font, this is his second main event here uh, in the UFC, but he's taking on Jose Aldo, like you said. It could be yeah. a little bit dear in the headlights. Now, granted, Font has beaten a former world champion in TJ Garbrandt, but looking at, or Cody Garbrandt, but looking at looking at Jose Aldo, that's a different sort of beast altogether. And you, you're right, Ketlin Vieira felt bad for beating a legend in Misha Tate. I don't think Font's going to feel bad for trying to put hands on Jose Aldo, but when you look across the cage and look at one of the greatest of all time, how do you not let that enter into your mindset? Yeah, and, and a guy who's still relevant. Right, right? It's not yeah. like, you, you know, he's on his way out, and he's he's still been pulling off great fights. So, yeah, it's a great point. And I think that's what makes this fight intriguing. Uh, you know, those guys up in Boston have a, a heavy boxing base. You know, they, they, they revolve everything around boxing, which I love. And it works well. And I think uh, there's nothing hands-wise that Jose Aldo is going to be able to throw at Rob Font that he hasn't seen a thousand times over. And again, that's why I'm picking the difference. Unless Jose can change it up and make it really an MMA fight, like, you know, mixing the takedowns to go back to the heavy kicking like he was. I mean, Rob Font's definitely lead leg. Heavy's there to be kicked, so we'll see. I mean, I, I don't know. You know, Jose Aldo hasn't been kicking like he used to. Like, we all – he was such a vicious kicker that 15 years after he was already done kicking, we're still envisioning right. those brutal leg kicks in our head. That's how good he was. Yeah. But he really hasn't demonstrated that in a long time, so – We'll see. Yeah. Um, you, you, you've you alluded to the fact that you're picking Jose Aldo, or uh, yeah. Rob uh, Font, rather. And, uh, you know, Font is the favorite, minus 145. But I, I'm curious, the plus 125 Jose Aldo, I mean, is not out of the, the realm of possibility that he gets another win. I think people have counted him out in his last couple of fights, but he still sticks around. So, obviously, you're going with Font in this fight. But if Aldo gets the win... You know, he, he lost not too long ago to Peter Yan in pretty devastating fashion. Is another title opportunity a realistic thing for Aldo, or is this going to be too much of a mountain for him to climb uh, if he doesn't get this win coming up on, on Saturday? If he loses on Saturday, his title shots are probably gone. It's over, right? Yeah. I think it's over at but that point. what if he point, wins? But... Where does he fit? If he wins, he probably gets another shot. Look. The other thing is with, with Aldo, it's a five-round fight, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that's to his disadvantage because I tell you, for three rounds, 
Oh yeah. You know, even even what he did with uh, Marlon Moraes, even what he did with even either even I have to go back and think about the Jan fight, but I, he was in that fight for three rounds. Right. right? Well, one hundred percent, and also too, think about even further than that when he was the greatest featherweight of all time. I thought he was going to lose to Frankie Edgar if that fight would have been a seven round fight because rounds four and five started to swing Edgar's way in, yeah. in, a, in a big way when Jose wasn't dropping any rounds to anybody. So you bring up a good point when this fight hits that twenty minute mark. Are we going to see Jose Aldo have to take a step backward. Exactly. Because if in a three round fight, I probably would pick Aldo. But the five rounds, I think, is going to make the difference in this fight. And I think, uh, again, the jab, the, the distance this fight goes, you know, there's a couple of things I think that are working against them. Yeah, that's one thing that I think people don't really take into consideration when they break down fights, how much different the fight can look when you have that extra 10 minutes. I mean, I remember the first main event fight in the UFC that was five rounds that wasn't a title fight was Dan Henderson against Shogun Hua. If it ends after 15 minutes, it's 30-27 Henderson without issue, no right. questions. And then Shogun rallies back and, you know, everyone was going crazy in those, you know, main event championship rounds, however you want to put it. And uh, that that is one thing I, I think you're right about, Ray. Uh, the longer this fight goes, generally you would think it's the champion, uh, the former champion that would have the experience and, and the edge but you know rob font he's got youth on his side he got aggression on his side yeah, exactly if aldo does fa uh you know fade a little bit it, it could be a, a big one for Look, uh, rob font yeah and that's definitely something you can maneuver right because i think we've seen it with zabit he's lost a lot of third round sinking like you know he's a great fighter but he's yet to fight a five round fight and they've yet to give him one right. for one reason i mean i think uh there were a couple of fights he would 100% lost. He fought uh, Calvin Qatar, right? Yep. Kata? Yep. And that five-round fight, Kata beats him, 100% beats him. Um, so we'll see. It's a huge difference, especially for guys that have trouble making that weight. That extra 10 minutes is a killer. Right. doesn't sound like much, but it really is. Right. And, uh, you bring yeah. up weight. Remember, we used to freak out so much about Aldo trying to make 35, and now it's just sort of in the back of our mind that it's fine, but yeah. it's still definitely hard yeah. on him. It's got to be. I, I, I thought we, we used to freak out when he was making 45. That's true, too. You know, and then now look at him. But yeah. listen, you know, what's Jocko Wilnick saying? Discipline equals freedom. Yeah, when you're disciplined, man, you got the freedom to do whatever you want. If you're disciplined with your reading, look, I've seen guys that, you know, I train more in the kickboxing, boxing realm that you know would fight at 65 they retire they get their diet straight they're walking around at 55 60 you know what i mean it's just it's priorities and it's discipline and you have to be consistent with what you eat you know can't balloon up 30 pounds heavier after every fight and have to come down again so i think jose aldo you know listen that comes with age too right the, the older you get, you get a little smarter, you get wiser. Right. And you're able to make those choices. When you're 20 years old and you're a cowboy, you don't give a fuck about anything. Right, and that's exactly. where I think things go crazy. You know? you're, you're invincible. I turned 38, Ray, uh, over Thanksgiving. On Thanksgiving Day, I turned 38. And let me just tell you, like, I'm not an old man, but 38's a lot different than 28. 38's yeah. a lot different than 35 for me, personally. Yeah, you know I'll say I mean? it so. the, yeah, and 60 is a lot different than 50, <laughs> just to make you 60 or something. But anyway, happy birthday, buddy. Thank you, I didn't Ray. even know that. But all I know is I saw a picture of young TJ with hair. Oh, that's bad. Like I, a swashbuckler. Yeah. This is incredible. I mean, there's this a reason my hair There's a reason my hair left me, Ray. It was abused. It was ran through the ringer. I, I don't fun. know, man. That yeah. hair looked like you looked like that was a full head of hair. Yeah, it, was, it was a good head of hair. Let me just yeah, say. That was, it was a a unbelievable. 
Yeah. Caught me by surprise. All right. Let's, uh, by the way, we're live on Twitch and I love our uh, Twitch followers. So if you got a question, drop it in the chat. Uh, our producer, Frankie, will uh, send it over and uh, we'll get to all of that. I, I know you guys love uh, asking Ray longer questions. So uh, ask away and uh, we'll get to them before the end of the program. Uh, also going to be joined by David Njoku, the tight end for the Cleveland Browns. He's a big mixed martial arts fan. We'll talk to him on the way out. Let's move to our co-main event. We've got a, a lightweight fight against, uh, well, Brad Riddell taking on uh, Rafael Fiziev. Uh, this is a fight, Ray, where you look at them on paper and, and they're almost carbon copies of one another. Both are 10 and one. Uh, Fiziev has lost inside the octagon. Uh, Riddell has yet to taste his first defeat inside uh, the UFC, but both of these guys like to get after it. And I expect this one to be really entertaining in the co-main event. But I, I want to talk to you about what it's going to take for these athletes to really get the win. Because again, carbon copies of one another, both are very aggressive. So I, I pose the question to you, if you could put on your uh, coaching hat here for me, what will be the biggest factor for these two in our co-main event? Is it going to be patience, experience, or strategy? I know it's going to be a, probably a little bit of all three of those things, but when you're taking on someone who, like yourself, is very aggressive and, and doesn't mind you know, taking one to give one, biting down in the mouthpiece and going for it, I, I tend to think that it might be tactics that you need to sort of fall back upon and you know, make it more of a technical fight. Well, I think it's going to be, yeah, I'm, I'm, look, it's going to be strategy, I think, to me. We know what Fazeev, Fazeev, am I saying the name right? Mm -hmm, is 100% bringing. He's a mad hatter. He punches and kicks, full velocity, everything he throws. Uh, I mean, I'd love to see how he is off his back on the floor. That would be interesting. Um, if Riddle wants to be smart and put him on his back. I mean, what I'm, what I'm reading, I don't know if I'm right or not, it seems like they train together and they know each other. Yeah, there so, is some familiarity uh, there, which also so, tends to, you know, breed pretty competitive fights. Right. So somebody somebody out there knows exactly what's going to happen, I think. You know what I mean? Because they've seen them in the gym together. But uh, uh, interesting matchup. I would like to see uh, – I don't I don't think uh, Fazeev is going to be the guy that wants to take it to the floor. I think Riddle comes from more of a, a strategic camp where they're going to game plan a little better. And I don't think uh, – um, I don't think uh, Riddle's coach is going to allow him to go head to head with this guy. I think he wants him to mix it up. I would, I would almost guarantee that. Yeah, one thing that I was sort of curious about when looking at these fighters from an experience standpoint is Brad Riddell hasn't lost inside the UFC. Fiziev has made uh, you know a mistake and gotten caught and has lost in the UFC. That's one thing that I do hear a lot about athletes talking about when you haven't lost yet in the UFC. There's more pressure on you. There's there's you know you're carrying that around. Hundred percent. Like a lot of guys. So I've. I've you know, most of the guys they train, they get to like 10 and 0, 11 and 0. And then, you know, that, that first loss is like, you know what? Now we got it behind us. And, right. and a, a lot of people, it's freedom. All right. I don't have to worry about that anymore. And I can move on, which is the right way of looking at it. Right. You learn from your loss and you you move on. Um, you know, going back to uh, Fiziev also is I thought Bobby Green fought a great fight against him. Yeah. He really, I think he highlighted a lot of openings that Fazeev has, I think, which is going to make it uh, uh, an interesting fight because they're going to have things to go back and look at. But definitely in that third round, he was fading and he lost, I thought, big time. So I, I mean, honestly, I think you and I might have done that post-show where yeah. we both thought that Green had, had won that fight, that he had done enough to win that fight. 
I I could make a case for that. Right. It was a little wacky, but I could make a case for that. He definitely was never phased at all in that fight. Yeah. And um he finished he stronger than Fiziev, and I understand that's not how you win fights over yeah. the course of three rounds, but like if it's that pride model, Ray, like we're talking oh, about it, a completely different outcome, I think. Pride model, uh Bobby Green hundred percent wins that fight, PJ. hundred yeah. percent wins that fight. Yeah. You know, but uh it's a little, you know, crazy to make that comparison, but you know, it, I think we're just highlighting the fact that Fiziev was waning a little bit in the third round, you know, towards the end of the second round and the third round. And, uh, you know, that's that's going to be something I think Riddell's going to look at. I think Riddell's cardio is definitely the better of the, out of the two. And I would make it a crazy intensive first round. And see if uh, Fiziev can carry on for the the remainder of the two. Right, because that's another thing too. We talk about you know the the virtues that could win this fight. Patience is one of those things. If your yeah. uh, opponent is super aggressive, you tend to sort of return in kind the way that right. this guy fights. And then you know if he's better off, your opponent's better off for you know the the cardio in the second round. Then momentum is on their side, and and you can sort of steal the the fight by kind of controlling the pace of the fight, which is similar to what we talked about in, in our main event between yeah. uh, Font and and uh, Aldo and. And I uh, got a question here from Joe Dierte on Twitch, Ray. He wants to know why is it that Aldo has gotten away from his leg attack game? And, you know, we're so complimentary of it, uh, you know, back in the day. Why isn't he doing it here in the, in the modern day in, in 2021? Listen, buddy, I can only talk from, like, the guys I train and why they get away from stuff they did. It's it's all injuries. And that's that's the only thing I could say. He, he just can't take the damage and look even when you're a hard leg kicker you don't get away from that scot-free tj you right know of I course mean? I've, yeah i've seen thai guys isolations after a fight right. you know so I mean, uh it's not like a leg check is a lot of movement exactly, and you know exactly I mean? exactly so i'm saying injuries he's getting he got older and that's the difference in why he's not throwing those leg kicks because why wouldn't he i mean especially now where people are going back to the calf kicks and finding great success man it was bad enough jose aldo kicking your leg yeah imagine him kicking your calf no, thank 10 you. times no, you're not thank making you. it out of the fight so I, I that's the only thing i could say like because he is it wasn't like he was a wrestler and he falls in love with his hands you know he was always a striker so i'm saying you can't get through this game without the injuries that you have to adapt and change up the way you fight. Right. I mean, look, Ally Aquinta was, he was a really good leg kicker. He had tie fights, you know what I mean? Back in the day, can't do it anymore. just can't do it. You know? Yeah. So, you know, it, 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 to me, it kind of goes back to fighting in your twenties and fighting in your thirties because big difference. Yeah. Like that's one thing that I've always really sort of admired is, is talking to athletes that had like a, you know, a strong uh, first run and then they've waned a little bit and then they've come back really strong in their thirties and their whole mindset is different. And more often than not, I hear those athletes, Ray say, if I had the mindset of, you know, the athlete that I am in my thirties, my twenties, I would have been a world champion or I would have held on to my championship longer it's interesting how uh i mean you grow mentally in the sports not just physically it's mentally and sometimes that mental aspect is what gets you through an unexpected 10 fight run when people thought your career was over yeah and this is food for thought too and i remember uh dan Inosanto. I, I think he's one of the best martial artists i've ever met in my life but i think he, he told me one day he said uh or he did an interview or whatever i heard it but he said i always want to be doing something i could be doing five years from today Right, because he's a right. lifelong martial artist, and that's that's really what you got to look at. Yeah, you can't tie box at forty. 
You I mean, or, or you probably shouldn't. Seeing it. Yeah. You really shouldn't do it. Yeah. You're not going to be able to make it. Right. You know, if you have to adapt and, you know, do something different. Uh, I, Boxing-wise, I could think of, like, James Tony. man. He just developed that defense that right. as he got older with the heavyweights, he was able to beat them. The guy was a middleweight. Right. But yeah. he adapted and he changed his style to fit what he wanted to do, and that's what everybody has to do. I mean, do something – that you could do five years from now. Because if you plan on being in this game long enough, you have to be able to adapt and change up, you know, even things you were good at. You got to change them just a little bit so you could keep doing them or set it up differently, eat differently, train differently, you know, get stronger, get quicker, whatever you could do. Yep. But do, do something that you could do for the next five years. And that is, you know, applicable not only to just like striking arts, but like, you know, I'm, I'm fairly Anything. close with Eddie Bravo. And Eddie's like, I can't roll jujitsu the way that I did, you know, when I was in my 20s. Uh, he's got to approach that differently because, you know, you, you your body is going to change. You're not going to be able to do the same sort of things that you did, you know, even, even if it was just defense or uh, offensively you know you you're the one landing the the strikes you still can't do that because like you said right like smashing your leg into someone else's leg maybe you're doing more damage to them but there's some you know return damage coming no matter what no question tj no question about it. i don't think people realize that it's not pleasant on either side right uh, really and that's why like the ties they want to make a strong check just to yeah dissuade you from doing it again i mean but, i've heard but, i've heard people talk about how much their knees hurt after delivering knees in the plum listen this sport takes this sport is it's unforgiving man right yeah but this is hard training you know what i mean and it's it's it's, it's tough look even as a pad hold i don't want to make a you know like put myself in a thing but I, i'm holding pads for 30 40 years man my shoulders my sure. elbows it's not you're not escaping this unharmed. It's impossible. Yeah. I mean, just like spoiler alert, we're not as durable as we want to be ever. Exactly. Yeah. And we're getting better, though, because I think, you know, things have changed. We got better with the dieting, uh, the science behind nutrition and working out, right. you know, as you know, more movement based and, you know, like, you know, lifting heavy. There's there's a lot of things you could do, you know, yeah. so but uh, but getting back to just to that first question, I think it's. He got older, he's injured, and he has to work around it. Yeah, um, I agree wholeheartedly. If you have a question, you can uh, drop it in the uh, Twitch comments, or you can actually give us a call. Phone line is open, 917-UFC-TALK. That is 917-832-8255. You can also send us a uh, text message to that same number or get at us uh, on Twitter, at TJDeSantis, at Ray Longo MMA. Let's talk a little bit about uh, another fight coming up on Saturday night. Clay Guida, we talk about veterans and, you know, adapting your game. I don't know if Clay Guida has really adapted his game. He, he still does exactly <laughs> what he did back in the day. And, and, you know, good on him for it. A throwback this is, fighter. This is perfect, TJ, because there's always an anomaly to right. what we're saying. And that anomaly is Clay, Clay Guida. His guy is, yeah, his, his, his chart is just a straight line. It was right. One hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, that is actually hysterical. I, I, I kind of yeah. feel like Clay Guida is a shark, right? Like when a shark isn't moving, they're dying. Like Clay Guida yeah. probably lives on like a boat, you know, so when he can yeah. sleep at night, he's still in perpetual movement because, again, since he showed up, he has been this come forward fighter and it has never stopped. And, you know, for whatever reason, 
he hasn't been made to stop. He's been able to continue that that style, and it's worked out for him. Even if he doesn't win, Ray, who doesn't like to see Clay Guida run around with his hair going everywhere and you know bringing the fight to his opponent? <laughs> yeah. He put his eggs in one basket years ago, and he's not taking them out. Let me tell you, he's he is really – how old is Clay Guida now? Ah, uh, man, I'll have to pull that up because you ask but, me this every single time, Ray, and I'm like yeah. – I don't know. I know he's I mean, a lot older than he used to be, but I, yeah. I don't know. So that, that's all. That's all we need to know. It's just that look, he is phenomenal. Uh, he only knows one way to fight, uh, and that's what he's been doing. And uh, like again, every so often you get a guy that could do it. And uh, look, it's like some of those guys with a that type A personality. Go 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 go. They don't. They don't like just go downhill they just die eventually right, right. Just, they, they go until they just die. and that's what yeah. he's doing he's, what, he's the, gonna go until he just one fight it's gonna be over i can't do it anymore i mean what's that it, old saying i think uh, it's better to burn out than fade away like that's click yeah, yeah. you know yeah, pedal, yeah, pedal yeah. to the metal non-stop and he's yeah. going for it um but you know with, with that said there is something to keep in mind uh with this fight coming up on saturday night um he has fallen on some hard times when you look at his last five fights he's lost uh three of five but to good opponents you know uh marco madsen incredibly uh difficult opponent that was a very close yeah. fight um bobby green i mean again we're not going to get mad at anybody for dropping one to bobby green the man is great right. and uh jim miller you know uh, one of the all-time greats a ufc hall of famer in, in my book but would you buy or sell this? This is a must-win for Clay Guida. Do you feel like he's fighting for his job at all, or does he always have a job? Man, I think he's one of those guys that you're always going to want to see fight. It, it, the way he look, as long as he goes out and he's still the mad hatter he always was, I think they hold on to him. And he seems like, you know, look, it, also part of the equation, are you easy to work with, right? right. And he Are is. you asking for two? And I think he's that guy. Look. I've met Clay Guida's parents. They are salt-of-the-earth people, trust me. They're just really, really nice people. Him and his brother, just good dudes. So it's a nice family. I think the UFC keeps them, you know, look, they just let go of Kevin Lee. But, you know, Kevin Lee's a little wacky, you know what I mean? So uh, it's almost like let him be somebody else's problems. But a guy like Clay Guida, I think they keep around. I think they know they could throw him in there. He's always going to be exciting. And again, until we see him drastically slow down, I think he just keeps going. Yeah, and again, I don't think he ever drastically slows down. Like, yeah. this, this dude's going to give up fighting, and he's just going to take up, like, running. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. he, he can't stop. He can't stop. No, he's so. going to be like, no, I can picture, he's like Forrest Gump. He's just going to start running, and he's never going to come back. He's just going to keep running. I mean, you know, Forrest Gump was clean-shaven when he started, and then when he stopped running, he looked like Clay Guida. So there's, there's a parallel yeah. there, you know? There you go. He's Ray Longo. I'm TJ DeSantis. It's extra rounds here on UFC Fight Pass. Got a, another question here coming in uh, from Twitch. Let me uh, pull up the name. Uh, this is from Jerry uh, Pinhasoff. I don't know what that means. I'm always afraid, like, I'm, I'm saying, like, you know, uh, alcoholic. You know what I mean? Like, when I read these things. Oh, yeah, yeah. You got to be careful. Exactly. Um, how, do you spell the, how do you spell the last name? P-I-N-H-A-S-O-V-V. Pin. Is it is it penis off? Is that what it is? Penis off? <laughs> see, see, I'm telling you, Ray. That there's 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 someone up to no good in this equation. But he's got a good question. Um, he uh, he asks if Jose Aldo wins, do you see a, a potential matchup with him and Marab Dualashvili? I like that fight. hundred percent. I like I it a lot. If, if, what do you say if Jose Aldo wins? If Aldo wins, I think Marab. I think either one wins. It's a matchup for Marab. 
Okay. Right. And I think it's going to fit into the time schedule also. So, yeah, I think this fight, the winner fights Marab. As a coach, it. would you have a preference? Because, I mean, I mean, I'm not saying, like, you think one's easier to beat, but would you like to be across uh, the cage with Marab against one over the other? I would I would take Font over that. Okay. Because right. I, I think Font will have a really hard time dealing with defending takedown after takedown after takedown. I think uh, – you know, Jose Aldo is a good scrambler. Although, like, again, Marab against Jose Aldo for five rounds. Mm. Yeah, they see, it goes back to that again. You want right. to make it like for the, for the tie, you know, like for, like a title eliminator main yeah. event somewhere, which I'm still dying to see Marab in a five round fight. Right. Because they, they, the guy, that might be cheating him. He might be an eight round fighter. So, well, that, uh, that's something too, right? Because you think about it, like, you fight up the ladder without ever getting to those deeper waters until you're in that title eliminator shot. There aren't right. many guys that are not former champions that are in that five round spot on the come up. You know what I mean? Right. And you're right. It could be, uh, he, he might be truly the best in the world when he's allowed 25 minutes to work. I know, yeah. the, I know the man's hard to stop in those first three. Right, right. We've seen it and he's going to be, and he's only going to get better and he's, and he will grow and learn from those things. I think if you ask, um, Marab, he'd probably want to fight Font because Marab, I, I think he respects like Frankie Edgar, respects Jose Aldo. He really doesn't want to fight him. I think they asked him one time about Frankie. He said, no, definitely not. I, don't, I just don't. And I think for the reasons that I think just, listen, Marab's a mad hatter in the ring. He really is. He's nonstop. He's, you know, you see even the way he's outside, he's you know, his head's bleeding, he's laughing, running right. to the hospital, his toes, toes hanging off, he's hopping into that. I mean, we but saw him grapple a, last month and the man was a maniac. You know yeah, what yeah. I mean? Yeah, a hundred percent. Even made that entertaining right. and that, you know, even in but he is really one of the nicest, sweetest guys you'll ever meet in your life. He's just a good guy, man. Like really, really good guy. So I'm gonna you'd have to ask him, but I'd say he would take far because I think he would love to see Jose Aldo go out as Jose Aldo. Right, yeah. I think he's that guy, you know what I mean? Yeah. So uh, he would do what he has to do, but based on some of his other interviews and just knowing him, I think he's a guy that really respects his elders. And not that not that that's a big deal. Right. Not that much older, You're not trying to be I insulting. Think he's a good I get kid. that. He's a, he's a good kid. He yeah. really is. Yeah. Um, got another question here from Twitch. This is C. Gregory, who is from Levittown, which apparently is on Long Island. Um, wow. He says, uh, Ray, just curious what you think uh, the best fight or experience you've had uh, throughout your career being in the corner. I mean, I'm, I'm guessing it's that Matt Sarah GSP victory or, or Weidman versus uh, Anderson. Like, what, what, what was the best moment for yourself in the corner? Uh, you know, it's hard to... Um... Only because it's become, I hate to even use the word iconic, but the, the thing with like with Weidman in the first silver fight, that just the intensity and the right. emotion was crazy. Matt, hey, look, man, knock on wood, I'm, I'm really, and I mean this from the bottom, I'm so grateful to have so many good moments in there that I hate, like, you know, picking anything. Right. Like, I did Weidman's podcast the other day, and he holds up, you know, photos of Aljo and Matt on his head and asked me who's your favorite champion you know what I mean so you know it's that one's that one's hard to beat only because it went to the second round you know right. what I mean so you got the talk in there and you felt the emotion I it could have been going either way you know we had to take down and the guy got back up so 
that one's pretty heavy, man. I'm going to have to go with that. Matt, you know, got, got rid of his guy in the first round. So as great of a moment that was, it was the way I'd right. rather have it. Nothing goes to the second round because believe it or not, I don't want to be in there. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just, I mean, take you out just, of the equation, right? That's easy. Yeah. Work. Take me out of the equation. I want nothing to do with it, but, uh, Whiteman provides some good stuff. Even the Machida fight for five rounds was great. Um, all of these guys, I think, you know, Al against Kevin Lee that time was a great something that comes to my mind. There was there were all, so many good good things. So yeah, I mean, uh, it's a great question. But I'm gonna I'll, I'll go with Weidman in the first Anderson Silva fight just because, man, it was uh, it was scary. Yeah, I mean, you got to punch a hole yeah. in his effing chest. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, like, I mean if, if, if we don't get to the second round, right, we don't get the shirt. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's true. Yeah, we, we we need the shirt. We're better off for having the shirt available yeah. to us. Uh, another question here uh, comes in uh, on Twitch when I can uh, open this up and get it going. Um, this is from the Nasty Boy. Um, oh, the Nasty he, Boy. I know. So bring my charger. Uh, Sorry. Oh, are we gonna lose you, Ray? You're, you're, no, no, we got okay. we got ten percent, but it's going quick. Oh, I hear you. I hear you. Uh, the nasty boy asks, "How do you see the uh, Aljo uh, Aljo uh, Yan rematch playing out?" Uh, I mean, everybody wants to know, you know, how how Aljo and Yan would match up, but you got to be patient, I guess, right? And you, what are you what are you gonna do? You gonna give out the strategy here on the, on no, the show? Of course, not, not. going to give out the strategy. All I'll say is that, is that you know, I had a, a, probably about a. 20-minute conversation with Ali Quinta yesterday about that. What do we do to get the victory? And, like, you know, uh, we are starting the game plan. Aljo sent out, like, a group text to us about his time frame of when to start training. And we are working on that now. And uh, I'm going to say in that fight, strategy is going to be paramount because Jan, we know, can come forward for five rounds. He, he broke Aljo down the first, you know, first fight and – Kind of did the same thing to Garbrain, who's really relaxed in the stand-up department. So I thought that was a huge win for uh, Peter Jan against a super, super talented guy in in uh, Santagen. So we're uh, we're looking at it now, and uh, hopefully we get the right call, man. But I'm excited for the fight. I think there were a couple of things that Aljo Al, Aljo definitely did wrong. Um, you know, I'm talking about even forget about even fighting, even diet-wise and stuff that. Hopefully, it'll make a huge difference, you know, along with a good strategy and a great camp. I mean, we were talking in the uh, the co-main event uh, of Saturday night how, you know, Fiziev is, is lost in the octagon and how you walk away from that experience better for it. Like, I, I firmly got to believe, Ray, that while that fight didn't go the way that, that Aljo wanted, he did walk out the champion, but he's got to be better for having that experience and, and feeling the things that he did. Not the knee necessarily, but, you know, the struggles yeah. of, of, of knowing what it's like to be in there with, with Peter Jan. Like, I assume he's going to take some of that analysis and bring it into the camp and, you know, try to have a better game plan because of that. Yeah, and that, that goes both ways. Obviously, now, you know, Jan might have been concerned with the takedowns, but now he might not be concerned with the takedowns. That can go both know, ways. That can, uh, that can exactly. go bad, so too. It can go both ways. So, but I'll, I'll tell you, Aljo is very analytical and, um, you know, he knows how to fight within himself. So, you know, you know, he came out guns blazing last fight, and I think it came back to bite him in the ass. 
we you know, should have relaxed a little more. It's interesting. You talk about, you know, these athletes being, you know, g- good people, good kids. And, and yeah. Aljamain Sterling uh, is someone that I've chatted with on, on social media a bunch and just incredibly nice. Like this, a guy yeah. who I think understands what the sport is and what the sport isn't, uh, you know, inside and outside of the octagon. And, uh, you know, I, I firmly believe that we're going to see a better Aljamain Sterling in that rematch, whether or not he comes out on top they're going to figure that out over the course of 25 minutes. Yeah. But I expect a better version of both men on that, that rematch night. Yeah, and I'll tell you one thing right now. You know, um, Aljo's super talented. That you could never take away. No. He's got the tools to do it. We just got to put it together, and he's got to be the best he could be on that night, and he'll uh, that fight will be phenomenal. Do you do a lot of tape study, Ray, when you're getting guys ready and you're looking at opponents? Do you do you look at their uh, history? And if you do, what do you look at? Do you look at their wins? Do you look at their losses? Do you look at the most recent fights of theirs? What do you what do you look at? I uh, you know I don't I don't I'm gonna say I don't do a lot of tape study. First thing I'll look at is I'll take a look at the guy's record. What I always look at is the people he's beat. What was their record? Right. Like yeah, if yeah. a guy's ten and zero and he hasn't beat a guy with a winning record, yeah, I go take I'll, I'll right away. I'll go take the fight. Like right. If my yeah. guys. Seven and one to just take the fight. Like right. it's not because because my guy's legitimately seven and one for real, and this guy's ten and zero, but with a bunch of tomato cans. So that's the first thing I'll do, and then uh, you know I'll try to break it down. What does he do good? You know what do we do good? Uh, how do I think it'll play out? You know that I do. So I, I'm going to say I look at it, but not like crazy looking at tapes, and you know. But but I and the other thing is I might have somebody else do that for me. You know, right, and sure. I might say, let me get a couple of opinions. You look at this. You look at that. Let's talk about it. And sometimes I, I like it that way because I like to get a, a couple of different views in case I'm missing something. Yeah. So uh, that's it. But I think most of these fights, TJ, come down to the, the basics like cardio, basics. Right. You know, you saw like they say even like. What happened with Ferguson, you know, he had no basics to fall back on. He was just so radical. But once that was taken away, that started to look stupid almost. You know what I mean? So uh, there's a lot of things, you know, but Pideon, basic guy. But that doesn't mean it's simple. Right. Because he's got, you know, he's a freaking mad hatter, right? And he wants to kill you and he throws with good intentions and all that stuff. So, um We'll have to wait and see to answer this guy's questions, uh, but we are working on it now, and uh, it will—it'll definitely be a different fight. And that's what I like too with your answer, Ray. Is you outline how much of a team sport this really is. At the end of the day, yeah. yes, it's—it's your—you know—your job to go out there as an athlete to take on the other guy, but there are so many people behind athletes now especially like when you talk about what it is to train in the modern day and, and you know sort of adapt technology and you got a strength and conditioning guy or you got a diet guy or or, or you know you right. got your you know, wrestling and, and striking coaches and it's i mean there's at the high end when you're really putting together the right camp i mean there's like seven people that you can really you know uh chat with to, to get things yeah. right. You know, you can spend a lot of time talking to different personalities, which also can be a problem. You start getting too many cooks in the kitchen and well, that, that that's what I'm dealing with now in the gym, because look, I'm not as I'm trying to change things around a little bit, but there's guys that did just all over the place. Right. They are. And, they, and not, not, not only TJ, they all over the place. They're switching their strength and conditioning guys. Like I changed my sneakers. Like it's, I can't even keep up with like, it's, they're not, they haven't even hit the big times yet. It's right. like bizarre to me what I'm looking yeah, at. You're on but, your fourth, like uh, strength and conditioning coach and you have less yeah, than four fights. Exactly. Like yeah. what, what's the, you know, 
because a lot of these guys, they're young. Somebody gets in the ear, you know what you should be doing? You should be doing that. You should be doing more of this. They have no experience. They shouldn't be saying it. But right. some guys just have to put their opinion in there to make themselves feel better and to feel more important. But yeah. that's... Well, that's, just, that's what I think is funny is, you know, you go back, uh, you know, 10 years ago and you look at some of the people that made it into the corners for fights and it's like, wait, why is your diet guy in the corner? That doesn't make any sense. Uh, why is your diet guy uh, in the corner? But again, uh, they get so many people that are telling them what to do and then they buy into things and it's just like, go back to the basics. Like, do you even need a strength and conditioning coach? Maybe you yeah. don't, you know, when, yeah. when you're, you know, still fighting as sort of a part-time job, like, I don't know if you need a strength and conditioning coach yet. Maybe you wait until you get... Uh, you know, a little bit bigger and better because, yeah. you know? Exactly. No, listen, PJ, exactly. That's why we always like to keep it small. I never wanted to have the biggest camp around. And we have a lot of guys fighting now, but I never thought it would even get to this point. I love the five or six guys, but every one of them is in the UFC. You know right. what I mean? I like that where you, it's not going to be a lot of guys, but the guys that are in there are always going to be in the fight. And, you know, from coming from like a small gym, uh, like when, when this shit is all said and done, that's what I want really looked at. It's like, man, we just took kids from the neighborhood, TJ, and got right. them to the big show and got them a win. I mean, yeah. it's almost incredible when I look back on it. You know what I mean? Because, sure. you know, when I was in Florida, I went to Stanford, uh, uh, Sanford, mm -hmm. uh, to see, uh, visit Henry Hoof. I Dude, this place is huge. Like, right. I'm like, it's a super this, is, this is insane to me. Yeah. It's literally seven of the area, you know, my gym. Seven. Yeah. Yeah. I, I could think I could say that literally it's not even a joke. But, um, well, I break it down this way. I mean, Long Island's not the biggest place in the world. How is it right. that Long Island has some of the best athletes in the world, right? You know what I mean? That's cool. That's cool that you're I mean, able to make that. It's pretty cool. When, yeah. when you look at it like that, it's cool. Like, again, I, we were never like recruiting people. We never did that. We grew them from the ground up, uh, which is always the way I like to do it. But, you know, that's changed a little bit now. But, uh, with that changing, you lose the control of directing these guys where they should go. Like, I'll say, there's a there's a wall with ten people on it. Like, how do you think they got there? Right. Not by listening to the strength coach you're going to. That's right. the damn sure. You know, it's just it it's 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 nutty, man. But yeah, and, and that's the thing too. This this is uh, sort of the parallel for me when it comes to like broadcasting. Is like you never want to go out there in your first opportunity and try to have an intro like John Anik, right? Like, right, you, right, you got to right. keep it simple, stupid. Like that's what they always say. Keep it simple, yeah, yeah, stupid. Yeah. You know, and uh, a lot of people I think kind of get a little bit ahead of themselves when. You know, they, they haven't fought more than five times as a pro and, you know, they're, they're consulting six different people. And it's like, what, what do you know? No question about it, you know, because it goes back to, you know, it takes 20 years to become an overnight sensation. They see the Weidmans, they see Matt, they see right. Alec. They think they just got there instantly. They don't see the hard work that it right. took to get there. They just don't. They, no. you know, it's. That, that's the true statement I've ever heard, right? It takes 20 years to become an overnight sensation. Yeah, that's true. what they look at, right? That's it's, that's it. So I want to be there tomorrow. Or what do I have to do? I have to have, oh, I have to get sponsors. I have to do this. I have to act like an idiot on social right. media. You I know, mean, they don't see the 10 years that it took to get there or the eight years. Like Weidman was probably the hardest. I think it, he, that I can see today. He might have been the hardest worker in the fucking gym. There's people that are still in the gym today. So when they first walked in, they were in awe of what that guy was doing. Like that guy killed himself, man. But yeah, you know, yeah, I you mean, know, that was, it, it is what this, you know, it is it, what it is. It's very true. Uh, you know, I mean, we're on the pinnacle of MMA broadcasting right now on UFC Fight Pass, and uh, it's 2021. I started doing MMA podcasts in 2004. 
So it was a 17 year process to get yeah, here, think right? Think about that. Everybody's going to look at T. How'd you get fight pissed, DJ? Well, I just, I just, so I watched, that? I watched one UFC pay per view and then decided to do a show on Fight Pass the next week. Exactly. That's what I did. Yeah, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do what you did right. tomorrow. Right, exactly. Just whatever. Just yeah. go for it. Ray, I'm yeah, going to get you out of here. It's very frustrating. I appreciate you uh, hanging out and uh, filling in for the uh, vacationing, Pearl Gonzalez. Uh, uh, we're going to have Pearl. to get you two together soon. Like, I, I don't know what that's going to look like. But it might it might be a bad idea, but I think we can have a lot of fun. We got to have I'm, like uh, some some video rolling that night. I'm gonna say that's got disaster written all over it. At but least anyway, you're honest, listen. Ray. You're honest. Yeah. We appreciate listen, that, buddy. Happy birthday, man! I really Thank want you. you to enjoy it. Get that picture with you and the hair up as, in as many places as possible. I'm thinking about getting a wig, Ray. I'll just show up one day, <laughs> have a wig, and then people are like, oh, what, what's with the wig? Be like, what are you talking about? I just no, I let it grow, but, man. I let it grow. No, if, people are, if people are are nice, they act like nothing's even different. Hey, geez, something's different. Man, your hair looks good. You know, they don't even the, let you know. You know that, that don't is, even mention the word wig. You know what's funny? When you don't mention things, there's going to be some inherent controversy. People are going to debate. <laughs> You know, yeah. like, just let them let them think whatever they want to. You know, so awesome. I'm not right, away, Gray. Not not happening. I'll let you get out of here. Thank you, Ray. Enjoy the rest it. of the show, buddy, and happy birthday, buddy. We'll talk to you soon. Take it easy, man. There he is, one of the best in the business, Ray Longo here on Extra Rounds, and uh, do appreciate him filling in. Uh, for Pearl Gonzalez. We are not done yet. I'm uh, going to talk to David Njoku. Uh, he is a tight end for the Cleveland Browns. Ray, I, I can't talk right now, Ray. I can't, I can't I, stop that. Man, he's trying to call me back already, I think. All right, we'll take a quick break. Come back. David Njoku on the other side of the break. It is Extra Rounds here on UFC Fight Pass. Chuck Norris, man of action. Chuck Norris stars in Chuck Norris Karate Commandos. Chuck Norris, he's got nerves of steel and strength to match. Chuck Norris with his team, Pepper. It's too dangerous, Chuck. What? Too much. Too much. Kimo the Samurai Warrior. Chuck's Teenage Apprentice, Tabe, the Sumo Champion. With Chuck Norris, they battle the sinister forces of the Claw. Remember this. And the Ruthless Super Ninja. I'll finish Norris! Chuck Norris stars in Chuck Norris Karate Commandos. We're back here on Extra Rounds. Please be joined now by a tight end for the Cleveland Browns. It is uh, David Njoku. Uh, David, a lot of things to talk about. One thing, uh, just right off the bat, I was looking at the last game. There's a lot of controversy ab about this catch. And, you know, like, I, I understand football. I appreciate football. I'm a big fan of college football. But I feel like the semantics of what is and isn't a catch at this point like, we're just looking for reasons to, like, disagree, especially when we go to the replay. Like, what are your thoughts on the whole uh, just basic, you know, dissension when it comes to fans, referees, officials alike? We, we can't seem to agree on what is and isn't a catch these days. Yeah, I mean, you know, everyone's going to have their own opinion on um, if such a catch is a catch or if it's not a catch. So all we can do as players is just, you know, play, play the game to the best of our ability and just keep it pushing. You know, there's always going to be people talking from the left and right. So you got to just ignore it. 
You know, 100 percent. And that's one thing I like about mixed martial arts. And I think you'll agree. There's not too much debate about what right. is and isn't effective when you're yeah. you know, landing punches and kicks. And it sounds like you're a pretty big fan uh, of the Ultimate Fighting Championship. Is it true that you're you're watching every pay-per-view? Damn near. Yeah. You know, I have a, a bunch of friends that are that have fight in the UFC. So I'm, I'm always tuned in to watch like the big ones, watch my, my, my friends compete. Sometimes my friends compete against each other, which is like, you know, that's tough. It's tough, yeah. So, but uh, yeah, it's it's definitely entertaining. Yeah, I mean, like obviously, I'm sure you have fans or uh, friends in the NFL that play on different teams, and you compete against them. But like, that's that's a game. Like fighting yeah, no, is different, that's, right? That's a that's a game. This is the UFC is just two guys or or females, you know, trying to kill each other. You know what I'm right. saying? So it's a lot more personal than just a football game, for sure. Yeah, I think it's that old saying, like, you don't play fighting, like, you, you fight, no, right? No, you fight, you fight, and you fight to kill, so, you know, it's it's crazy. Yeah, uh, you know, looking at uh, your history, um, you have Nigerian roots. Nigeria has been on fire inside uh, the Ultimate Fighting Championship with Kamaru Usman, and, uh, you know, I, I was actually looking at some of your other uh, favorite fighters that uh, the, the people have told me, like, you you like Jorge Masvidal, so it's like, how do you man? I mean, you got Miami roots as well, like, how do you manage, like, not, you know, being super conflicted when, when those guys squared off? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think that, that uh, that controversy was going on for a little while, you know, and um, Georgie's like, you know, one of my main guys and I've known him for, for years, you know what I'm saying? And then Usman, also one of my guys, you know, we, we clicked immediately, you know, just because of our uh, her heritage and, you know, our tra tradition and everything. So it was just like, like, I'm just going to sit this one out, you know what I'm saying? I'm going to watch, but I'm, right. not, I'm not trying to, you know what I'm saying? Because, you know, uh, especially like when, the situation is that drastic in the sense of just, you know, like just the emotion is at all time high. It's like, yeah, let me not get involved in any of this. Let me just, you know, watch my far, uh, you know, uh, root for, you know, a, a good fight. But let me just, you know, take a step back. Yeah, you know, uh, looking at Kamaru, he's a supreme athlete, as is his brother Muhammad, uh, who was a football player. There, there seems to be this crossover between athletes playing football and, and going into mixed martial arts, and I think that there are some opportunities for athletes that are, are taking the MMA route rather than, uh, you know, pursuing, uh, you know, football beyond college or, or high school. Uh, what is it about, you know, NFL players or, or just football players in general that make them fit so well cross training and, and potentially even competing in mixed martial arts yeah i think it's initially the god-given talent you know just like their uh their general physique that they have you know and then you you add the mindset of a football player you know and more and more than than some you know you have that that killer mindset of just like you know let me just you know beat my opponent till he quits and then you know, then you see that you know the, the player may not be playing football at, at a high level as he once used to, or he's just not interested in it anymore. And he converts to being a UFC fighter, and that, that mentality is still there, you know. So it's still like that, like uh, alpha male mentality, and it's like, and it at times it, it works, you know, it definitely works, you know, because you're that big already, you're you're in great shape, and then you just want to just fight, just to fight, not not with any rules like football, just to fight. So right. It works out. Yeah, you know, I, I look at uh, someone like uh, Jay Glazer, who's obviously a longtime NFL insider, uh, has a mixed martial arts background, owns a gym here in Southern California. Um, like, have you ever trained with Jay? Have you done any, you know, uh, cross training uh, from the MMA space, uh, getting you ready for, for NFL action? 
No, I haven't. But um, I think a couple of years ago, I trained with um, Joel Romero, and uh, it was an interesting training. You know, obviously, like I've just I've always been involved in just like you know wrestling. I, I wrestled when I was like younger, and I just loved like that you know mentality of it. Everything. So I when I went to go train with them, it was like okay, like you know, like it's a, a, a different type of. Um, like stamina than football, you know, you're not really running like sprints. It's more like you're like grappling, you're just like grabbing your weight, you're, you're putting your weight on your opponent, just like, you know, tire him out. And uh, it was fun. It was, it was very fun. I enjoyed it. I mean, UL is a, a specimen, and I think a, a testament to what combat sports can do for you physically o- over the course of a lifetime. Because that dude, like, I mean, we all know how old he is, you know, in his 40s. But, like, the guy has the body of, you know, a 20-something and, and the endurance to and stamina uh, to match. That's uh, I think you got to kind of, like, psych yourself up a little bit to, to go in there and, and train with UL, no? Yeah, uh, I mean, I was I was young. I mean, I'm 25 now. I was like maybe three, maybe four years ago. So I was like 21. I'm just young, just ready to do whatever. So there you I, go. Was, I was excited. It was fun. I mean, it sounds like you have the mindset for, you know, sort of anything that comes your way. I, I was talking to a, a buddy of mine who actually is uh, one of the, the cameramen on, on some of the CBS broadcasts. He was telling me about your uh, pregame routine where you come out with your shirt off no matter how damn cold it is. Like, t- tell me the story behind that. Like, w- why are you out there with your shirt off when it's sometimes below freezing? Yeah, for sure. I mean, it really started last year, like towards the end of the season. But um I really made it like a part of me at this year. I told uh, one of our trainers, I was like, you know what? From today till the end of our season, I'm gonna I'm gonna go pregame without a shirt. You know, I was like, you know, it's it's like a, a mindset thing. You know, it's like I don't let the the outside effects or or, or the the outside um, you know world affect me and like what what would I do? So ever since then, I've been going shirtless, and we have a game in uh, in Green Bay again against the Packers in December, and I'm going shirtless again. So. I mean, you're crazy. I'm from Minneapolis, so I know what that cold is. But, like, I mean, I kind of like the theory to it for a variety of reasons. One, you're exposing yourself to the elements. You know, that's going to wake you up more than anything. But, you know, I remember an athlete, an old UFC fighter, once said, you know, there's something that is – almost intimidating if you don't embrace it prior to getting into the octagon. You're competing in front of thousands of people, and you're half naked. You know, in in the NFL world – there are certain athletes that don't even get to necessarily see uh, wh- wh- who you are. And, you know, with the helmet and whatnot, there you are. I got you back. I lost you. Yeah. There, there are certain athletes that don't even get to see, you know, your face because of the helmet. Um, do, do you feel, like, more in touch just being exposed in, in that sense? Because, like, I never, ever forgot that athlete saying, you know, going out in front of those people and competing is intimidating, but doing it half naked, that's a whole other experience altogether. Yeah, I mean, honestly speaking, ever since I just said it as like a mindset, like a like a mentality thing, when, when I'm out there, I I feel amazing. You know, I I feel like I'm almost untouchable. You know, in that aspect. So, I just I just I just live it up. I I, I really embrace the moment and just try to live live it. I mean, you you may feel untouchable, but David, frostbite is a thing. So be careful. <laughs> don't don't expose yourself not to Green to me, Bay a little to too much. I'll be okay, don't worry. 
There you yeah. go. Uh, you know, looking at some of your other list of uh, fighters that you like, uh, I know Israel Adesanya is on that list, uh, Sean O'Malley, uh, Conor McGregor. One thing I've noticed quite a bit about these guys is, is they're really big personalities. And I, I know that some people watch fighting to sort of, uh, you know, see themselves and other people and those people represent them uh, in the octagon to a certain extent. Do you, are, are you normally attracted to these sort of bigger personalities in life? Is, is that what you uh, like to associate yourself with? Yeah, for sure. You know, you have guys like Izzy who watches anime, and I'm a big-time anime fan. You have just, you know, guys that just have their own uh, individual, you know, personalities that are, are, are special, you know what I'm saying? And, like, and like what they do and, and how they carry themselves, it's uh, it, it, it brings fans, as long as I, I, with myself as included, it brings, you know, all of us, like, closer to them, you know, in, in like, the, like, a more personal uh, aspect, so for sure. Yeah, I mean, I like that. I like to think that, uh, you know, big time athletes like yourself can can see, you know, the, uh, you know, quality of character a little bit in, in mixed martial arts stars, because still at, at the end of the day, MMA is a combat sport. Combat sports have long been a niche uh, sort of sport in, in, in you know, outing in, in, in America. And, uh, you know, like when someone like yourself, who's in the mainstream uh, of sports can appreciate the stars of mixed martial arts, like I think that actually brings a lot of attention to the, the stars of the Ultimate Fighting Championship. Absolutely. I agree for that. Well, David, we'll let you get back to it. Appreciate your time. And, uh, you know, ne next thing you do, uh, you know, to sort of expose yourself to the elements, you got to do what we call the polar plunge in, in Minnesota. We, uh, we, you know, saw a big hole into the frozen Lake Minnetonka and you jump in there and you try to like swim around a little bit before you get hypothermia. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't swim too well, so I might have to pass on that one. All right. Well, I mean, all you really need to do is is float. But I'm, I can I'm, I can plunge I can plunge and, and chill there for like a minute. But after that, I'm all done. Yeah, I don't I I just think you're crazy taking your shirt off in Green Bay. To be honest with you, David, appreciate the time, sir. Best of luck the rest of the season, and uh, hopefully we'll see you at a UFC event real soon. Thank you, my guy. Have a good one. Okay. Well, if that promo doesn't get you excited for Budo Cento 5, I don't know what will. And uh, it's busy, busy on Friday on UFC Fight Pass. Step into our world starting at 7 p.m. Pacific with Lion Fight 72. At the same damn time, LFA 119 is going off as well as BFL 70. And you get a whole 15 minutes before Budo Cento 5 enters the foray so uh it's a good thing you get all the stuff on demand anytime over at ufc fight pass coming up on saturday we got you covered with this uh action with rob font and jose aldo uh, i think we're gonna be doing some stuff uh associated with it maybe a watch along uh maybe post show we're figuring it out we got a couple big things coming your way so keep it locked to uh, the UFC Fight Pass Twitter as well as on my Twitter we're going to get Pearl Gonzalez back and uh, she's only allowed like one day off I mean really we have like six days in between shows but she's only allowed one day off alright we'll be back with Pearl uh, coming up 
on Saturday. Want to extend my thanks to Ray Longo for coming on the air. Always good catching up with Ray and uh, just an interesting take on, on so many different topics in mixed martial arts and you know a lot of things that he has experienced. You can apply to other you know athletes and coaches and. Uh, This is one sport where I think that history tends to repeat itself a lot. And if you are a historian of mixed martial arts, you can look back at the generation prior to the modern one and sort of map out and see things before they happen. Uh, But there are also a lot of things that are happening in the MMA space that have never really happened before. And that's why right now I think it's the most exciting time to be a mixed martial arts fan. If you're a fan of this broadcast, you can keep in touch with us by listening to the podcast wherever you get your podcast. You can also watch all of our videos. Uh, All 104 episodes should be uh, available uh, over on UFC Fight Pass as well as the UFC Fight Pass Facebook page. And as I mentioned, you can get the audio download wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, In the meantime, you can get in touch with us on social media at TJ DeSantis, at Ray Longo MMA, at Pearl Gonzalez. Uh, also on Instagram, if you want to look at me with really dumb looking hair, uh, at TJ DeSantis over there as well. All right, that's it. Getting out of here. For Ray Longo, I'm TJ DeSantis saying we'll see you next time when we go a few more extra rounds right here on UFC Fight Pass. This concludes our live broadcast of Extra Rounds. Are we still on the air? Watch the archive anytime on UFC Fight Pass or Facebook.com slash UFC Fight Pass. You can also listen to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or anywhere you listen to podcasts.